I'm Whitney, I'm going to get us started tonight. So many familiar faces, a lovely evening. As always, we want to begin with gratitude. So first we want to thank the staff at the Windy Saddle for setting us up and taking good care of us. And Barrels and Bottles for the beer tonight. And also Golden.com for always promoting our events and being such a great supporter of what we do. Also, I um, want to mention these lovely Christmas gifts known as the Golden Beer Talks Beer Pints. Four for $20, yours tonight. The person you would want to talk to is the person I'm going to introduce as well. Usually our beer ambassador would be up here talking about the beers we have on offer this evening, but he's out of town, so our Deputy Chief of Mission, Barb Warden. The Beer Ambassador is actually not quite out of town. He's down at the Table Mountain Inn as part of the Colorado Gives Day reception. He's representing the Colorado Cowboy Gathering, so he's wearing his Stetson tonight. He actually does have his other hat on tonight. So, as usual, he sends me to fill in for him, and um, we're having our beer from Barrels and Bottles tonight. It's been a while since we were able to get beer from them, because they went um, through a time when they were between head brewers, because their brewer went off and started their own brewery, Um, which is not a big problem for them in that they have guest taps, so they were able to just fill in their lack of beer with everyone else's beer. But their new brewer is... Corey Carvet, a.k.a. Nibs, and it says he fell in love with beer while working at his parents' liquor store and attending school at the Metro State University of Denver, when so many of us fell in love with beer. While doing an in-store beer tasting, which featured Dry Dock Brewing Company, Nibs met a couple of the brewery employees and soon obtained a job at the brewery. This is where he spent the next four years. Doesn't mention finishing college, but let's assume that was in there. (laughs) Expanding his knowledge of the craft. Today, he is the head brewer at Barrels and Bottles, where he continues to expand his expertise of beer and the brewing industry. Now, as for tonight's beers... Frank wrote out his little story about how they had six of their own beers on tap. He manfully tasted five of the six. By the time he had been through five of them, the last one remaining was a, like, 12.5% alcohol stout, and he thought perhaps that was enough. Oh, he actually talked. All right. He said he had six of their own beers on tap, most on the lighter side, including a sour at 3.8% uh, bitterness unit. What is that? AB? Oh, no. This is actually the alcohol by volume. But had one imperial stout, Hypnos imperial stout, at 11.4% alcohol by volume. Tried them all but the stout. Two beers from the new brewmaster, but they were more similar, and so I went with the brown ale cider as a bit more different from the blonde ale that we have, which he did brew. So they currently have 14 guest tap beers, They have a wide variety, including a sour red ale, a Scottish ale, black lager, barrel-aged strong ale at 13.5% alcohol by volume, a sweet stout, a couple of different IPAs, plus they have a beer infuser. So overall, they have 21 types of beer on tap right now. And as he concluded, a nice and wide collection of varied beers, a cosmopolitan experience. (laughs) 
And I forgot to turn my scarf on, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Look at that. You will notice that I match the beers, uh, the Beer Talk glasses, and that is to remind you of who to go to to buy pint glasses for Golden Beer Talks. And that's it for me. Are you going to introduce Jason? All right. Good evening. I think Jason's taller than I am, but (laughs) we'll let him adjust the microphone when he gets here. I am pleased to introduce tonight Jason Slowinski. He is the, uh, what we, I think all of us refer to as the new city manager in Golden. We um, selected him from among over 80 applicants. He started September, September 8th, he knows the date, (laughs) of this year. Yeah, so it's a month anniversary. He's been with us for three months. And um, he, come, he, he was most recently in Illinois, but he started out with city management in Alexandria, Virginia, as a city planner. And um, his background, he has a bachelor's degree in business administration. He actually has a law degree, which I think is interesting and probably quite helpful at times, but hopefully not too often in Golden, right? <laughs> and um, he ha- did some graduate studies in public administration. So as you all know that when you come here, we like to give fun facts. I happen to know that Jason has two daughters that go to Mitchell Elementary. Um, do you live in my ward? No. Oh, that was a mistake. But, <laughs> but nevertheless, he, de- <laughs> he moved to Golden with his family. Um, he plays golf. His favorite golf course is obviously Fossil Trace, but he's, obvi- he's also played. I'm making that up. He didn't say that, but it's true, right? Okay. <laughs> he's been busy since he got here. Um, and, but he's also played at two U.S. Open courses. I know nothing about golf, but I think this is impressive, right? Um, (laughs) and he um, one of his hobbies is oil painting so I don't know if he'll touch on that in tonight's talk but um, pretty interesting to to see some of your oil paintings at some point here so with um, I was just going to mention as you're thinking of questions for Jason I'm going to say this up front that that as you're thinking of questions I want you to ask yourself if other people would be interested in your questions In other words, we don't want to hear anything about, we don't want questions that are specifically about the street in front of your house or complaints. So just, just a little heads up in advance, because as you all know, Golden Beer Talks are, you know, are meant to be entertaining and inspiring. And so with that, Jason. I'm going to see if I can unwrap this. Might be a little easier for me. Uh, I didn't bring my light-up scarf. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, I was excited to see, when I walked in, excited to see all the people here who wanted to come and listen to me talk and talk about city management. And then uh, then I realized you're serving beer. So, you know, maybe I'm less excited now, but nevertheless, it's good to be here. Thank you for the kind introduction. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to jump right in because I know... That I only get 20 minutes, and um, I got a lot. When I went over all the things I wanted to tell you, it was at like 28 minutes. So I'm going to try to talk really fast and and get down to 20 minutes. Um, I started on uh, September 8th, and uh, like anybody who starts a new job, your first day is really uh, all about figuring out how to log into the computer system and figuring out how your voicemail works. 
uh, figuring out where the restroom is, uh, all that kind of stuff. And that was pretty much my first day. There was a lot of um, just administrative, what I like to call administrative nonsense, but in the end, it's really important to know how to do all that stuff. But you don't feel like you accomplish very much on your first day. And anybody who started a job recently probably could tell you that. Um, And it was the same for me. Uh, That is until I got home. I got home after the first day on the job, and I um, I thought I'm going to play. I'm going to I'm going to have a low key evening. I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to get some good rest, uh, get a good night's sleep, and I'm going to go back at it tomorrow and and uh, start day number two. And I didn't get to bed as early as I wanted to, but nevertheless, I was it was plenty of time to get a good night's rest. And my habit is. Uh, I set my alarm on my cell phone, and I put that on my nightstand next to me, and that's my alarm in the morning. So about 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning, the thing starts beeping at me, and uh, I'm half asleep. I think I had just dozed into a really deep sleep, and I'm fumbling over trying to turn it off, and I finally get it to turn off, and my head hits the pillow. I start sleeping again. Maybe a minute later, it starts beeping again at me, and this time I... I find my glasses, and I look at it, and there's an incoming call. And I don't know why my mind went to, you know, telemarketer right away, but it did. (laughs) And I thought, who is calling me at 1 o'clock in the morning? And don't they know it's 1 o'clock in the morning? So I answer the phone, and the voice on the other end says to me, "Uh, I'm sorry to disturb you, sir. It's Bill Kilpatrick. As most of you know, Bill Kilpatrick is the police chief. And so I said, um, I don't know a Bill Kilpatrick. Go away. <laughs> no, that's not what I said. No, I, said, my, I think my response is more like, yes. Uh, Bill, like any good police chief, wanted to... Um, brief me on a situation that could potentially become something where they were uh, Colorado State Police was was pursuing somebody out of the canyon into Golden and and he wanted to make sure that I knew about it and uh, you know the the people who were were being pursued left their vehicle and were being chased and potentially got into somebody's home or something along those lines and um, you know it could have turned out into a a bigger deal and he wanted to let me know which is a good thing Um, but that was 1 o'clock in the morning. I then heard from Bill again at 2, 3.30, uh, 4.30. I think the last time I talked to him was like 5, and it turned out to be you know, not a big deal at the end of the day, but um, at the end of the night, uh, that was the end of my day one on the job, which really morphed into to day number two. Uh, so... You know, that's not um, a typical day, but it does happen. And, and you have typical regular days as city manager, and then you have some days that are, are uh, a little bit less typical like that. I wanted to talk a little bit, because I don't know how much all of you in this room know about uh, the city manager profession in general. I thought I would give you two minutes on that and uh, summarize what professors in graduate school teach for two semesters and try to do it quickly for you. But... You know, city manager, former government, really was established 
in the early 1900s out of the reform movement. And the idea was, there was a couple of ideas really, but uh, it was to separate politics and administration of government. And there were a few reasons for that. One of them being um, the technical expertise of of government was needed at the time. And cities were becoming a little bit more uh, complex, a little more complicated to run. So um, if you can imagine 100 years ago that folks uh, who were uh, maybe elected to office in small towns throughout the country might not have had a lot of expertise to, they might not have had any formal education or anything, they wouldn't have a lot of expertise to really make decisions in a way that uh, positively impacted the development of cities. So the idea of establishing a city manager uh, position that was uh, well-trained and, and uh, f- someone who had experience and expertise in managing and running city governments uh, was really one of the reasons born out of that, that movement. And the other one uh, relates to politics. Um, there was, at the time, uh, governments, a lot of governments were, were corrupt. There was a lot of nepotism. Um, and so this movement wanted to establish a position that the administration of government didn't become political. The city manager is not elected. The city manager is not out trying to get votes um, in the way the city is managed. And I think that's an important thing, important distinction. You still see today, in today's world, uh, in the city of Chicago comes to mind, (laughs) uh, where that's not the case. And, um, you know, in the city of Chicago, you have a city council, you have 50 50 uh, aldermen who run or who are, represent wards and the mayor who is the, uh, the sort of the board president of the, of the entire city council but also hires and fires the personnel and runs the operations for the city. So imagine if you're an alderman who opposes the policies of the mayor and now your residents don't get their streets plowed don't get their garbage picked up on a timely basis, which might even be worse than not getting your street plowed. Um, you know, those are the kinds of things that happen and still do happen in a place like Chicago where um, you know, those, those opportunities almost become weapons uh, to, against your political enemies. And the people who really suffer are the residents of the city. I think you saw that this last week in Chicago uh, re- related to... Uh, the, the police uh, uh, shooting they had there, and it was all on the news about how, you know, the investigation wasn't timely, it wasn't done properly, the video wasn't released, and all of that was at a time when the mayor was running for re-election. And um, so many speculate that that, you know, the reason why it wasn't handled the way it should have been was because there was a tight election going on uh, for the mayor of Chicago, and uh, he, he didn't want to see himself lose. So you know, that was kind of the thing happening uh, back in the early 1900s, and that's really where the city manager form of government sort of originated from. In 1914, the city managers from around the country met uh, for the first time to talk about issues related to city government, to share ideas, uh, to talk about common interests. And there were 31 or 32 of them, I think, at that point in time. Today, 100 years later... There are over 9,000 city, county, town managers throughout the United States. So, uh, I think it, it reflects how well uh, the profession has grown in terms of wanting to 
make sure that governments are run well. And in Golden, we are kind of on the forefront of that. Um, I went back and looked, and I think it, the uh, first city manager position was established in 1948 uh, here in Golden, which is pretty early on in that movement. So, um, and then was adopted in the charter shortly thereafter and has been around since. I think it speaks very well to um, Golden, the community, and, and the, the quality that we're trying to achieve here in terms of government practice uh, here in Golden. So I think that's very, uh, very important. I wanted to share with you, um, you know, city manager's job is very regular at times and very irregular at times. There are certain duties that I have. There are certain days where um, it is, it is uh, almost routine. You have documents you have to review and sign, contracts. You're looking at employee uh, issues, personnel issues. You're reviewing um, um, uh, employee performance. I meet with our management team uh, once every week on Tuesdays to, to go over issues in the city and to uh, uh, exchange ideas and make sure that uh, we review things that are happening in the city and that uh, we're, we're on top of it. And then I also meet with all of our directors individually once a week to talk specifically about those issues in their departments that may be um, uh, need oversight or need discussion. And those are the regular things that happen. Those are the things that you do every day, in and out, day in, day out, week in, week out, um, that you're, you're taking care of city business. And probably the biggest regular thing that we do um, is our annual budget. I think it's probably the biggest thing we do on a regular basis, particularly the city manager. Uh, is city manager's involvement in, in our drafting and putting together our, our budget every year, and that's probably one of the more regular things. A very important one, obviously, but a regular one. It's one of those duties that... Um, uh, you spend a lot of time on as city manager and uh, making sure that the, the city is, is in financially good shape, and I think we are uh, here in Golden. But there are a lot of things that come up over time that are relative, relatively irregular, that you don't deal with every day. And I wanted to share with you um, the one week in my career that sort of defined that best for me. And uh, I'll share with you how that week progressed. And obviously it wasn't here in Golden, but it was uh, several years back when I was still working in Illinois. And I think it kind of illustrates to, to it illustrated to me uh, what kind of profession I got myself into. But I think it helps people understand sometimes uh, some of the things that you have to deal with that maybe aren't uh, as, as normal and as, as fun. Um, the week started out on a Monday, and towards the end of the day, I got a call from our police chief <clears throat> at the time who said um, that they had received a call from a citizen, and uh, the citizen reported some guy running in the street, in the middle of the street, or walking in the middle of the street. So the officers go out, check on the person, um, not very cooperative. And eventually, the guy uh, has what they d determined to be an axe with him. And so um, they start engaging this person, and uh, the situation unfolds, and the person is not cooperative. And they end up having to, uh, one of the officers drew his service weapon 
and fired and ended up killing the guy. And, uh, you know, that today we're all very sensitive about that. Um, and this was several years ago, not so much, but you think about all the things that go along with that. The, the media attention on, on something like that, the, um, the investigation that goes along with something like that and bringing outside agencies in, and then the, the risk management aspect, the legal aspect, all of those things become front and center of what a city manager has to do in a situation like that, entirely unplanned, not foreseen, kind of just happens. Um, that was Monday. Tuesday, I get into the office, still dealing with some of the impacts of that. Um, I was scheduled later that night to talk to a group of citizens. The mayor and I were scheduled to go and meet with them, talk to them about uh, flooding. There was a neighborhood that was dealing with, over the years, some, some extensive flooding issues. And we wanted to address that and, and talk about what we were doing to help combat that, some of the infrastructure improvements we were making. And so... Um, that was scheduled for later in the evening. I, it was maybe mid-afternoon. I'm at my desk. The, my secretary walks in. She's got a stack of mail, which she generally went through, and uh, normally would put it in my inbox, and I would get to it when I could. She said to me, I think you need to see this one letter. So I look at it, and it's a number 10 envelope, normal business size envelope, and the, it was hand-addressed uh, to me, and... The handwriting looked like it came from a, a kindergartner or a first grader. And I flipped it over, and the back side, there was a swastika drawn on the back of the envelope. So I knew immediately this is not a normal business-type letter or from a kindergartner. And I open it up, and I start reading it. And I wish I had a copy of it that I could read for you because I think you'd find it just very interesting, but it was a lot of nonsense. It was complete nonsense. It was uh, the, the person was a resident of the community. Uh, she had written and she, she was writing about how the FBI was after her and we were the ones responsible for it and we somehow had to, the city had to put a stop to it. And I had called the, the police chief and I said, I want you to take a look at this. So he came by my office, and I had found out the mayor also got a similar letter. And the police chief said, yeah, we know who this person is. We've dealt with this person in the past. Um, when she is on her medication, <laughs> she's fine. When she's off her medication, um, these types of things happen, and, be, and it becomes really unpredictable. I said, well, I'm, I'm very concerned about this meeting we have tonight. And the, and the most important part of the letter that I left out was at the, the closing of the letter said, if you don't do something about this situation, uh, I'm going to come to this meeting on this day, and I'm going to do it for you. So it was one of those situations where it made you really nervous about what was, what was going on. So I go to the, I go to the meeting uh, the police chief says, you know, you sh don't, don't really worry about it. It's not that, you know, I don't think anything will happen, um, but I'll be there and we'll have an officer stop by at the, towards the beginning of the meeting just to make sure. So I go to the meeting. I'm at the front of the room. Uh, the mayor's next to me. It's a big, big crowd, big room. Must have been 200 people there. Um, and we start talking about our flooding issues. 
I, within 10 minutes, I feel the presence of the police chief come close to me. And he, he whispers into my ear, he says, just so you know, this, this woman is here. And she's in the back of the room, and she's standing there in that trench coat. <laughs> so I thought, oh, great. I, and I look, and sh- sure enough, she's there, trench coat, big handbag. Um, and, you know, it was one of, those, one of those situations where my mind completely left whatever we were talking about. <laughs> you know, and I started just focusing on that person in the room and um, I don't think I got anything out of the discussion of what we were there to discuss, but really focused on this, this one person. And it was a little bit strange because the things that the person was, was wearing, the trench coat and so forth, didn't match what the, the weather outside was. So it was a little bit odd. And um, what had happened is one of our officers came in. Um, they ended up removing her from the room and talking to her, and you know, she was a little bit hostile with them. They ended up taking her into the police station, held her for the course of the meeting so we could finish the meeting, and then, then released her. Uh, that was Tuesday. <laughs> I get to Wednesday, um, and I again get a, a call from our, our police chief sometime during the course of the day. I don't remember exactly when it was. And uh, our police officers were serving a, a warrant, and they go out to a home, and the person that they are there to, to find ends up barricading himself shortly in the basement. They end up making entry into the house. Um, this person releases an aggressive dog at them, and one of our officers fires and shoots and kills this dog. And terrible situation. And... Of course, the media is all over that, and, and uh, so you're dealing with, with that situation. I think we actually got more uh, negative response over that than we did with the guy with the axe. But um, it was just one of those situations that, you know, you can't anticipate. It just happens. And uh, that sprang more to me into Thursday. I, and I went home Wednesday at the end of the day, and I remember telling my wife, I said... I don't know what possibly can happen on Thursday, but this, this week has just been one of those weeks. Thursday comes along. I get to the office in the morning, and um, I get a visit from our community development director, and, and uh, it was unusual for him to come down first thing in the morning, or come to my office first thing in the morning. We talked a lot, but uh, I can't remember a time where he had come first thing in the morning to my office so he did, and um, he says to me, we have uh, one of our best employees who uh, had been working for the city for 15 years. He, um, he's, he gets to the office routinely at 7.15 in the morning, and he doesn't start officially till 8 o'clock. So he's always there early. If he's late, it's, he's there at 7.30. Um, He's there. He, he normally gets there at 7.15. He's always early. Doesn't show up for work. Never happened in 15 years. So his coworkers get concerned about him. His coworkers try to call him on the, uh, his cell phone, try to call him at home, try to get in touch with him. Come to find out, this employee, who was really beloved by everybody in the city, um, 
loved by his coworkers, the community, uh, the organization as a whole. It turns out that he um, gets injured, actually he gets killed in an in a explosion at his home that morning. He gets ready for work, he goes out to the garage, uh, I don't know if it was a propane tank or, or gasoline or something like that, but there was an explosion, and he gets killed. And so here we're, tr- here we're trying to deal with this loss of one of our best employees. And um, again, completely unexpected. And you know, I, I share these, the, this week with you because I think it really defined part of the challenges of what managing an organization and things in a community is all about. It's not about always some of the little stuff, that day-to-day routine things that happen. Yes, it's putting together the budget, and yes, it's working on uh, bigger plans and things like that, but there are a lot of things that happen that just test you emotionally and mentally and physically um, as, a, as a manager. And this, this one week in my this four-day period in my career was one of those times. And I always think back on that, those four days and just uh, initially I thought, what did I get myself into? That was the first thought I had. But, you know, it just, it just tests you as, a, as an individual. And um, it was a week that tested everybody in our organization. And it was really about trying to get the organization through a difficult point in time. And every city is going to have those. And every organization is going to have those. But um, that's really the, the part of city management I think a lot of people don't see. Because everything that else you, you deal with and do, you know, responding to uh, citizens and emails and so forth, all that goes by the wayside when you have a, a day or a week like that where everything just kind of blows up at once. Um, so I, I thought I wanted to, sh- to share that with you today. I think I'm pretty close to my 20-minute limit. Um, <laughs> I'm happy to, I'm happy, I think the, the thing I'm most excited about uh, is to just chat with you and, t- and take your questions and, and uh, hear from you about what's on your mind, and I'm happy to answer however many I can. After so, yes, thank you. <laughs> All right, everybody, if this is the time that you take a brief break if you need refills or you want something else to eat and then if it sounds like jason's willing to answer our questions so about let's say about seven or eight minutes maybe right at quarter after we'll bring jason back up for our questions all right everybody i hope you've gotten your refills i think we have a few people still getting beer But the time has come. We are going to all come back together. I feel like I need to use some of my eighth grade teacher techniques. (laughs) Okay, so the time has come to pepper Jason with questions. As a reminder, they have to be fascinating questions. So with that... No grievances. Festivus is coming up, I think, at Barrels and Bottles on Sunday. So if you have grievances, no, you could email Jason or you could go to that celebration at Barrels and Bottles. Anyway, meanwhile, here's Jason to answer your questions. Sorry. We're going to go for about 20 minutes, so. 
Thank you, Pamela. Sounds good. I'm, I'm interested in your fascinating questions. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, I wonder if you compare and contrast Golden with your past posting as a citizen. That's interesting. Uh, I think um, one of the things that I think Golden is, uh, we, have a, we have a fantastic uh, group of people that work for the city here in Golden. No question about it. And I, I think for me, as a city manager, I would put them above any group that I've worked with in the past. And I'm talking about, you know, from our department staff to our line employees. They, they do a nice job. And when I've talked to people in the community um, at various functions, the one thing that I always hear uh, is your, the employees do a great job. The police department does a fantastic job. Public works, you know, and they'll tell me about it which is a great thing to hear as a city manager because I've been on the flip side of that where, you know, you, you don't have uh, people you can rely on necessarily and it creates difficult situations in, in just delivering the basic services that people are looking for. So um, that's one thing that comes to mind uh, for sure. Weather. <laughs> weather? Yes. Yeah, weather is better here, no question. I think the community is, is fantastic here. I mean, uh, I, would, I would add, I think there's a community spirit here in Golden that is, um, uh, I don't know how to describe it, other than to tell you that I think it's, it's more involved and more uh, runs deeper in the community than in, in any place I've worked. Uh, the, the fact that people are willing to uh, participate and and come here and listen to me talk for 20 minutes about, about things, uh, this is great. And, and we have people who are involved in our boards and commissions, and I think it runs pretty deep, and I think that's fascinating. Because not every city is like that. You don't have that type of involvement uh, typically. So uh, I think that's another thing that really distinguishes, for me, uh, Golden from, from other places I've worked. Yeah, here Sure. <laughs> I'm happy to. I'm happy to uh, talk to. I, I like to talk to people and answer their questions. I'm happy to go out and talk to whoever wants to know about the city of Golden and what we're doing. I think the more people know, the better off we are. So uh, I'm happy to do that. Great. I don't know whether we got the rest of the story. What happened on Friday? <laughs> <laughs> I took the day off. <laughs> No, uh, fortunately, Friday didn't, didn't pan out to be anything uh, uh, over the top, but it was just, um, yeah, it was one of those crazy weeks, for sure. Can you talk a little bit about the strategic plan for 2016? Um, still in the works, I think. Uh, I, I know that the council um, and, and I and, and our staff will have conversations going forward. Uh, we'll have, uh, uh, we usually have a retreat, and our retreat will be coming up in the first quarter of 2016. I think we'll really start solidifying uh, areas to focus on for, for 2016. So I, I can't give you more than that right now, but um, uh, certainly that'll be something we develop in the, in the next few months. There's got to be more fascinating questions.
Well, I think, I think to answer your question, um, Golden is a place where people want to be. And anytime you're in a place where people want to be, you're going to get folks who want to, to come here, develop here, et cetera. Now, we have a, um, a growth ordinance that limits us to, to 1% or just under 1%. Um, so that impacts to some degree the, the type and, or the extent to which we can grow. Um, certainly, I think without that, there would be a lot more uh, demand to grow bigger. But um, you know, that's going to keep it in, in check to some degree. I, I think it is, yeah. Well, it's an ordinance specifically for the city of Golden that limits the number of residential units that can, uh, year over year, that can be built here, new, new residential units. A lot of cities don't have that type of ordinance in place, so there are some cities that want to grow as fast as they can and, and have uh, all sorts of growth. With that growth, there comes other issues, so uh, I think our approach is kind of right where it should be. City of Golden. Yep. I was, uh, for me, the the Vision 2030 document I thought was one of the better documents I've seen out there for a vision. It was actually one of the things that um, when I was. Uh, going through the the interview process for city manager, I spent a lot of time looking at and and really made me feel good about the city of Golden because I thought that it, it involved the community and there were a lot of different perspectives in there, uh, a lot of different voices from throughout the community and uh, a lot of times you don 't see that you see uh, just a few people involved or a few people kind of setting that charting that course out uh, for the city and I thought. At that document, the fact that there was um, a number of different voices included in there spoke volumes about what kind of uh, community Golden is. Yeah. Uh, very big value for many of us is sustainability. And I was wondering if that's a value you share and how it expresses itself in your personal life as well as your It is a value I share. Um, I try, well, I'll tell you, I try not to, to drive as much as possible. And fortunately for me, I have a very short commute to work, so I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to worry about that too much. But um, I am a recycler. I enjoy walking where I can. Um, and uh, so I, I think sustainability overall is, is an important goal for the city to, to always uh, look at upping our game in that area. Uh, I, I support that, and um, um, I, I don't know what else I can tell you about it. Is your house solar power? It is not. It is not. We have a deal for you. Okay. All right. Just go local, okay? I think is is shopping local and getting your products locally when you can, um, and that's something I've tried to do since I've I've been here for sure is to uh, spend as much time in Golden and buying things in Golden when I when I can um, rather than going outside of the community. I think that's part of that whole package of sustainability. 
I stood up at the top of the hill here on Washington Avenue and looked down the street when I first got into town and saw the welcome to Golden Arch. And I can remember thinking, who would not want to live here? <laughs> who would not want to be here? And I, my wife was with me, and I remember us having that kind of moment of looking down that that view and just saying, wow, who wouldn't want to be in this community? You've got the mountains around you. Uh, it, there's vitality downtown here. It's, you know, good schools in this community. There's all sorts of reasons why you want, but who wouldn't want to live here? And uh, I think that was the biggest thing for me, to be honest with you. I mean, you can read through all the documents, the Vision 2030, which I really liked, and everything else, and uh, I felt really good about the city council. I felt really good about working with them. Um, you know, you, you get a feel as a city manager about, about the folks you're going to work with, and I, I felt strongly uh, in my interaction with them through the, the interview process that they were a good group of people to work with, and the people that I met along the way and throughout that process as well uh, were all, all very uh, good people, quality people, that I felt very good about. But at the end of the day, you, you put all that together, and it's, you know, golden... It, it speaks volumes for Golden, but all you got to do is take that one look down Washington Avenue, and I'm telling you, you say, you say, who want, who wouldn't want to live here? So it was a, it was a lot of things, but that was one defining moment for me that I remember. Yes, ma'am. What's your favorite local beer? <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to get me into that. <laughs> I've done the I've done the brewery tour at Coors. I've been to to uh, bottles and barrels. barrels and bottles. I've been up to Cannonball. I've been over to um, Mountain Toad. The only one I haven't gotten to is the Golden City. My my ex- my my, ex- <laughs> my excuse is that I've only been here three months. So I I think I'm doing okay so far. Well, I was drinking the uh, the blonde one. I don't know what it was called, but I I liked it. It was good. It was very good. Excellent. Perfect. I like them all. I, I I don't I don't know that I have a favorite beer. I, I like to. One of the things I think is great about our our local breweries is you can go in. And you can get the sample, little sample size for a couple of bucks, and you can try as many as you want. It's, it's fantastic. So I, I enjoy doing that. But I have one more brewery to hit. I, I, I know that's on my list. Well, there's two more. The Gold City Brewery. Did you go to Coors yet? Yeah. Yes. I've been to Coors. Yeah. How much have you learned about various things that were controversies in the past, such as Save the Mesas, Al Jazeera, I've learned about them as I've uh, gotten acclimated here the last three months. There's certainly things I, I don't know that I knew coming in, but uh, as we've talked about issues and I've talked with our staff, I, I think I've met with all of our, our staff people um, and gone over just, just things like that, historical things about the city and trying to, to learn as mu- and absorb and learn as much as I can. I've certainly heard about uh, a lot of those things. And the two that you mentioned for sure. 
I think citizen, I think city staff should be as accessible as possible to our community. Um, not to say you can't call, you know, you shouldn't or can't call a the mayor or one of the council people, but I also know that a lot of them have really busy lives, and and if it's something that we can take care of in in a, in a phone call, uh, it might it might save several phone calls in there and, and be a bit more efficient. But um, for me, the philosophy of our city staff should be one about uh, being as accessible as possible. And one of the things I've talked to our staff about is the what I call the the look and feel of city government. I don't know any other way to describe it but, but that. Um, I think everything has a look and feel about it. You know, certainly Golden did for me when I was standing up on top of the hill looking down Washington Avenue. There was a certain feel about, a certain look and feel about uh, Golden in that view. But I think every organization has a look and feel about it. And I think ours should be, our city government should be one where uh, we are open and accessible to people that we communicate well with them and, uh, and, and, and work well with the community. And, and for the most part, I think we do a great job at that. Um, for me, it's all about making sure we continue to do that. And if we can enhance it where we can, then that's what we should do. But uh, for the most part, I think we do a pretty, pretty decent job of that. So what's your email address? Slowinski at cityofgolden.net. And I'm happy to answer... Any email that I receive, except if I had a week like I did, <laughs> you may not get a response for a couple of days, but it's understandable. You, you probably remember Carlin, and uh, I think we have a great communication staff. Did you have any ideas that, to suggest to her that you'd see in other places about communication that might even enhance what we, I think we have to do already? Yeah, we've, we've talked a little bit about that. Um, I think one thing that's... We're, one thing, where city government has to be really active today, and this is kind of unusual for city governments, really, is the kind of content we can produce. So everybody gets, well, not everybody, but a lot of people get their news stories or their information in 30-second videos, or uh, you know, you go on a website and you click on a video and there it is, and, and you're getting your information that way, and I think we can be more active in doing that and getting information out. Um, we have a new website. I don't know if you've seen it recently, but I, I think it launched uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think it's an improvement over what we had, and I think it also, uh, we're going to try to get as much content-rich things on there as we can. Uh, we have a, a, a TV uh, broadcast as well, which our city council meetings are on, and I think that's another way that we can get more content out there to, to residents. Um, and so Carla and I have talked a little bit about that uh, going forward. But some of it's going to require a bit of investment on our part to get the equipment and things that we need in order to, to produce the kind of things that um, I think people are seeking. All of our department heads have grown older over the years, and they will someday leave us. Yeah, I, no, I, I think Mike Bester and, and the folks that have come before me have done a fantastic job. This city is in a really good shape. It really is. And I can't, you know, when you, you, you 
I go back to um, why did you want to come here? I think that's one of the reasons. You know, the, it's, a, it's a fantastic place to, to be and work. But if I had to say any issue that's going to be out there at some point for us is going to be trying to replace the talent that we have in the organization. And, and that talent management, you know, hopefully will not come for, uh, that talent management issue won't come for a few years, but it's there and it's going to happen at some point. So part of the challenge is going to be how do we identify ways to replace those folks? How do we take all that institutional knowledge that's out there and make sure it stays in the organization? I'm not telling you what I scored at Chambers Bay and uh, uh, the other whistling straits. I played two uh, courses where the U.S. Open was held. I enjoyed it, but I'm not telling you what I scored. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Thank you so much, Jason. That was really interesting, and we very much appreciate you being here. I also want to say thank you again to Wendy Saddle. Um, and <laughs> um, before everybody goes, next month, um, it will be 2016 already, and we are having a speaker on black holes. His name is not, no? No. Wendy's looking at me. Who's our speaker? That's right. Theory of relativity, nothing to do with black holes. That was a joke that we were making, <laughs> emailing back and forth. Okay. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. So it should be an interesting talk. As always, it's going to be the second Tuesday of the month. Um, and I just want to do a quick reminder that we're all volunteers, and none of us really like bussing tables. So if you could just bus your own table, that would be awesome. And with that, I think we, have, we will conclude another amazing golden beer talk evening. Thanks, everybody, for being here.